Last Sunday, I had the opportunity to preach at Bogota. I got to preach for one of the sister churches. Actually, it was Pastor Leonardo Flores, the pastor over there. His name is the same last name as me. In Spanish, it's Flores, flowers and flores. So Pastor Leonardo, his son in the faith, um, Pastor Ruben uh, had his church uh, a little bit of ways away from him. We, I drove over and I got to preach for Pastor Ruben and his son in the faith. And while I was there, you know, I just I spoke and as I had the interpreters, I gave an altar call. And during the altar call, I had uh, we had about ten or so, uh, ten, ten, about nine or ten people come forward. They receive Jesus Christ or get their heart right with the Lord. Praise God, Amen. Somebody give God praise with that, Amen. And then. And so there, there was also this young man that had been there. He hadn't been to church in like seven months. And so he came in and he had, uh, you know, you could just tell that he, he was just coming in. He was just like, you know, hard about the, he didn't want to receive from the Lord and some different things of that sort, because there are a lot of those over there. And, and so you could just tell, but you could tell that God was touching him in that service. And then I gave a call for those that want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And uh, in Acts chapter 19, we read about this here. And so I just thought it was emphasize what Paul did. But Acts chapter 19 and verse 1, it says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper region and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And so they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether or not there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? And so they said, Into John's baptism. And so Paul said, John indeed baptized you with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who could come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Somebody say amen. And so as I began to lay hands and pray over, over those, you know, there were some that were there and they became to receive of the Holy Spirit. And I believe many got baptized with the Holy Spirit right there on Sunday morning. Somebody say, praise God. Now, I mean, they speak Spanish, so I don't know if they were speaking in tongues or they're speaking in Spanish. But there was a young man, uh, an older gentleman that was from Venezuela, and uh, he, he, I felt that he kind of had a call of God on his life, and, and he was there, and he was kind of a big guy. And, um, you know, I always find it funny sometimes, you know, the youth will come up and ask me, you know, when some of the, the bigger guys will come up and I lay hands on people, and they'll be like, Pastor, did you push that guy over? I say, no, it's not me. It's the power of God. Amen. When people get slain in the spirit and they fall, you know, or that's what they call that. Whenever you fall down on the ground, you're slain in the spirit. But, you, you know, but that's just a reaction. You know, if I stuck my finger in this light socket over here, you know, I'm going to have a reaction. You know, somebody might stick their finger in a light socket. They might start crying because it hurt. You know, somebody else might start screaming. I don't know about you, but if you have any electricians in here, I know some of there's some contractors and things, but, you know, if you ever, ever popped a wire, you actually accidentally thought you turned off the breaker and you go to cut a wire and it makes that big pop and pow, you know, you're going to make a noise. You're going to start screaming, hey, I'm alive. Amen. And so there's different reactions that we all have to that. But here Paul is, is sharing about how they received of the Holy Spirit. And so he says, now the men were about 12 in all. And when... Uh, they went into the synagogue. They spoke boldly for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. And so God wants us to be bold about what we do here in the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. You know, whenever I was, you know, anticipating and preparing to go, you know, you never know what, what some others believe and how, how other churches might feel towards the laying on of hands and things like that. But no, we're supposed to be bold and do what the word declares. Amen. 
And so, you know, we don't do something, you know, I wasn't going to do something out of order and against the pastor's wishes, but, you know, I asked him, you know, are, are, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Do you believe in the, in, in the power of the Holy Ghost? And they were like, oh, yes, sir. And so, you know, it wasn't something for him, but it was good that, that as the end of the service, they didn't want the service to end because more people kept coming and wanting to receive of what God had for them that day. Amen? And so God wants to speak to you. God wants to touch you. God wants to change you. And so while I was praying for one lady, there was this one lady, I was praying with her for about five minutes and just had my hands on her head and praying for her. And all of a sudden, I had my hand on her head like this, and all of a sudden, she throws my hand off kind of and jerks her head up. And I had been praying for her, and all of a sudden, she jerked her head up, and she growled at me, and she like snarled at me. And what it was is it was a demon inside of her. And so all of a sudden right there, I just cast that demon out. How many know that whenever you cast that you have power and authority to cast out the enemy? That, that demons cannot stand. But see, you know, if you think about it, you know, demons aren't just in Bogota, Colombia. They can be right here in Georgetown, South Carolina. So you had to take authority over the situation. You had to take authority of what God and Christ has given us and speak Jesus over them and begin to declare that in the name of Jesus, come out. And so I said, come out in Jesus' name. And Miss Lissette said it in Spanish and just began to declare that. And that lady, you could just tell how all of a sudden she began to get free from that thing that had been down in the inside. Now, if you would have seen her, you would have thought that she was just some normal person. She was in the back. She was actually standing at the back praising the Lord. I thought she was one of the ones that was praising the most. But yet, just because of that, you know what? That doesn't mean that, you know, you never know what's going on inside somebody. You never know. And so all of a sudden we cast that thing out of her. And so she went down under the power of God and God delivered her of that of that thing amen i don't know what it was i don't care what it is it has to go amen it has to leave amen and it was just a powerful time and so god will do the same thing right here in georgetown south carolina but see jesus he, he encourages us to, to go and to make disciples and so you know when jesus said for us to go that that when we're out and about when we were walking by the mall and we prayed for that lady you know we were praying and, and, and just as you as you go throughout your day you might have a moment at work I mean, not when you're supposed to be working, but maybe at break time that you could see somebody that's going through a hard time, that's dealing with something, that you say, hey, is it okay if I pray for you? Hey, I can, sen- I can just sense by, by, I don't know how to tell you, I just know by the Holy Ghost, or, you know, you can just say, I just can tell that something's not right, something's off with you today, is it okay if I pray for you? And you just begin to pray for, for someone that's around you, or maybe a family member that you don't know what's going on with somebody on the inside, somebody say amen. Instead of always wanting to talk about the family member and always wanting to, to criticize and, and downplay, you know, begin to pray for them and pray for their, for their life and pray because you don't know what's going on inside. So now I want you to go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Now I'm going to read in the New Living Translation, verse 10. Luke chapter 10 and verse 10. And this is really what God put on my heart for today. And it's not a long message today. I just, I, I, you know, and I've already, we've praised and worshiped today and, and spent some time with that. And it's important that as we come in, you know, I want to encourage you to every time we come into these doors, come prepared to give God a shout. Come prepared to give God a prayer. But it says here in Luke chapter 10 and verse 10 in the New Living, it says, The Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions. You know, it's many times we only focus on the 12 disciples, but there were many disciples. There were many followers of God. And so he sent them out and he gave them these instructions. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send workers into the field. It says the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray 
to the Lord of the harvest, who is in charge of the harvest, to ask him to send more workers. And he said, now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you, nor traveler's bag, nor any extra pair of sandals. Don't, and don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Whenever you enter someone's house, first say, may God's peace be on this house. And if those who live there are peaceful and blessing will stand, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. Don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work and deserve their pay. Now, you know, as I was thinking about this, you know, there are times in different cultures and different things, you know, that in that culture and in that time, Jesus was sending them to places around Jerusalem that they were, that they were Jews that they were going to be going into. And so a Jew isn't going to put something that, was, uh, that, that they shouldn't be uh, in front of them, amen? In other words, like, for example, you know, you go around your friends and all of a sudden somebody hand, pulls out a, a six-pack and they say, here, here you go, brother. No, 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 no. And that's not where, well, I'm just supposed to take what's, what, what's in front of me. No, that's not, that's, because that's, that in their culture, that, they wouldn't have done something like that. So don't take that out of context that we had to be, we had to say, hey, you know what? There's something more important that I want to share with you than to just do that. Amen? And so, uh, and so, tell, and so accept their hospitality. Verse 8, if you enter into a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you. Heal the sick. Everybody say, heal the sick. And tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. Look at your neighbor and say, the kingdom of God is near you now. But if a town refuses to welcome you, go out into the streets and say, we wipe even the dust of your town from our feet and show that we have abandoned you and your fate. And you know this, this kingdom, the kingdom of God is near. I assure you, even the wick, even, uh, I assure you, even wicked Sodom, it will be better off than such a town on judgment day. What sorrow awaits you in Chorazin and Bethsaida? For if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their heads to show their remorse. Yes, Tyre and Sidon will be, far, will be better off on the judgment day. That's interesting right there. That I didn't realize uh, and then you people of Capernaum will be honored in heaven. No, you will go down. Then he said to the disciples, anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me. And anyone who rejects you is also rejecting me. And anyone who is rejecting me is rejecting God who sent me. You know, I want to encourage you that I love that statement right there. Highlight that one in your Bible. But many times as you hear the word, and I'm talking about the word, you know, I like to say a lot of scriptures in my messages because I don't want you to just come and hear Pastor Justin's words. I want you to hear the word of God. As we come, as you hear a message, as you come to receive, you come to receive from God, not from man. Amen. And so I, my prayer is that you receive from God that maybe through me, through what I speak by the Holy Spirit, that it speaks and talks and touches your heart that you receive. But there are those that I've seen that have walked in this place and walked in over the years and have walked in this building. And as I get up to preach, as I begin to teach and as I begin to preach the word of God, even in the middle of my message, they'll get up and walk out of the door and they'll leave the service so that uh, because they what happens is it's not that they're rejecting me, they're rejecting God that was spoken. And so as I, I want to encourage you that you don't reject God. Now, I want to encourage you that it's important that as you hear ministers, as you take time going over this over time, is that, you know, you don't, don't accept everything you hear just because you hear it. 
Amen. That's why a lot of times I like to give you scripture references and, and points of what it is that I'm giving you and what I'm sharing with you. So it's not just something that I heard somebody say. No, it's the word of God. Because there's a lot of preachers out there preaching something that sounds good. And man, it sounds powerful, but it's not what really the word of God. They take it out of context and they took it out of the wrong way and they aren't preaching the true word of God. They're tickling the ears. It says, the Bible talks about this in the New Testament, that they'll, that they'll tell them a day that people will have itching ears and only want to hear what they want to hear. Amen? You know, I've heard my pastor say this over the years, and, you know, and, and as I can see that that would come true. You know, if I, if it, you know, and I wouldn't do this because we're a Holy Ghost church, but if there, if there were some things that I would just do differently, if there were some things that as a church we would do, you know, we could have flocks of people coming in, all, like, in. But see, no, the, I'm, I want to contend for the Holy Spirit. I want to have a Holy Ghost filled. I want to have this place filled with the power of Almighty God, that when somebody needs a miracle, when somebody needs a healing, they know where to go. Amen? That I'm not just here just for you to have a good time. That there's times that you come in and, and, I want, and, you, and you'll be just shouting and joyful and just, you know, but there, there's times that we come in and we have to eat the green beans and we got to eat the potatoes and we got to eat the stuff that we might not want to eat. Amen? And see, as a pastor, as a real pastor, they'll come in, you'll come in and you'll receive that, amen. But, but look at this, what Jesus said. He said, anyone who accepts you, and he's telling his disciples, you know that you are a disciple of Jesus? I want you to say that to yourself. Say this morning, say, I am one of Jesus' disciples. And he said to them, this is what Jesus is telling his disciples. He's not talking to the 12, he's talking to the, the 72. And he says, anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me. And anyone who rejects you is also rejecting me. And anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. What was the message that he sent? He sent them to say, the kingdom of God is at hand. To go and to heal the sick and that the kingdom of God. He didn't say for them to go and tell them to go to the doctor. He said to go and to heal the sick. Amen? And so, and so the 72 disciples returned. They, in verse 17, they returned and they joyfully reported to the Lord, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. You know, that's what I was sharing about my testimony of what happened in, in Bogota, that even the demon, even the devil, even the one that was inside that woman, that they had to leave. It had to flee because it didn't have authority. And yet they said, yes, I told them. And, and he says, even the demons obey us when we use your name. And he said, yes, he told them. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you all you authority over all the power of the enemy. Somebody say all. How much is all? I want you to say Jesus has given me authority over all the power of the enemy goes on to say, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them and nothing will injure you. That you don't have to fret and to worry. You know, that's sometimes as in the natural, there's times that, you know what, that I want to fret and I want to worry. But God's got his hand about you, that his angels are walking about beside you, that his angels are encamping about you, that when you drive down your car, it's not just you driving down your car, but you got angels all around your car and on top of your car and driving as you go. When you walk in this room, see, I believe that as we walk through, as you came into church today, not only are we praising God, but we can't see in the, we might not be able to see in the supernatural realm, but there's angels that are in this room that we're praising and worshiping with us. 
And then when you walk in, your angel walks in. I believe it's just like greeting you at the door. And it's like they're like saying, hey, man, how you doing today? Man, God's been doing good. But see, if you don't go out and you don't pray the Lord of the harvest, Father, you know, and there's many times as you come in on Wednesday nights, we'll pray and we'll say, Lord, send the laborers out into the field. Send your angels out to help bring in the harvest. You know, the angels can't preach the word. That's why they had to send for Peter to come to Cornelius' house for him to get saved and baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so there's times that God will speak to you. You know, as I was, you know, just, I don't know who this guy was. I don't know if he was an angel. I don't know what he was. But I was in Bogota, and I was trying to order some Burger King. I don't know about you, but I wanted a good burger. And all of a sudden, some guy popped up out of nowhere. The guy did not order anything, but he could speak English. And he just began to talk to me. And he began to say, what do you need? And I said, I want to take it to go. I want to get it to go. And I want this and I want that. And then God just began to talk to me like I was somebody that I had known all my life. And he just stood there and I prayed for him as he left. But then when I turned around, because I meant to ask him where the Starbucks was, and I went back and I couldn't find the guy. I don't know who he is. I don't know who he was. But see, God is with you. His, his angels are encamped about you and watching over you and with you everywhere you go. Somebody say amen. And see, he's given us authority over all the power of the enemy. But I love this in verse 20. Verse 20, he says, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. He says, rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. In other words, or your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Rejoice today. That's why it's so important to me this morning that it wasn't just because I wanted to get on the piano and sing. No, I wanted you to rejoice, not because the devils will obey your command and because God has given you the authority and Jesus has given you that, but rejoice today because your name, everybody say, my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And see, your name is written, your name is written on that book that one day when you stand before the pearly gates, you'll be able to, and they'll pull up, and they'll pull up your name, and they'll say, Justin Flowers, oh, there you are, go on in. See, that you will be able to have your name written in the Lamb's book of life, because not everyone's name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Many of you know, many of you were there with me yesterday, but we had the opportunity to go, and I had the opportunity to, 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 to do a home-going celebration for Miss Ernestine's husband. She had a, he had a, a tragic accident uh, over the week while I was gone in Bogota, and I had the opportunity to go over, and it was a wonderful home-going celebration. I was so excited. But I gave an opportunity for people to examine their own lives and examine them and, se- and see to whether or not who do they belong to. Let me just read this quick quote here that, that I read, and I thought I think it was good. But there's a story of an old Bishop Warren Chandler who said, after the whom uh, that Emory University was named, and he said, and he laid on his deathbed, and a friend inquired to whether or not he was a. And he said, please tell me frankly, do you fear crossing over to the river of death? And Chandler replied, why? I belong to the Father who owns the land on both sides. And so my question today is for everyone here in this place is not as you know who do you belong to. Are you a child of God? Is there something in your life that may be preventing you from receiving all that God has for you? That the Bible talks about that your life is but a vapor in the wind. You know, here today and gone tomorrow. I love this statement. I say it all the time, but tis one life that will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last. You know, out of all the other things that we could have been doing this morning, you know what? Today, this morning, these, this time here in church 
is going to make a difference. That the time that you came and that you showed up and you got here and you got your family here and you showed up to church, it's going to make a difference in eternity because, you know, after all, what else could be better than praising and worshiping the Lord? I mean, you think about that. There's angels that are up in heaven that all they do 24-7 all the time and they have never stopped. Before we were born, they were already praising. And after we go to heaven, they'll be praising. And they're just constantly going around the throne singing, holy, holy, holy is his name and worthy to be praised. That they're all constantly singing and praising and worshiping. Oh, what a glorious day that will be when we get to heaven and we all get to worship together. But see, as we come, we don't have to just wait to worship God there. We can worship God here on this earth. We can worship God in our everyday life. That no matter what, that we can decide today, God, if there's, if there's something between you and me, God, I want to make it right today. God, I want to make it right. I want to make my commitment, and I want to I know you. I want to know you deeper. I want to go further in you. I want to have the fire of God. I want to have it burning in me brighter and brighter and brighter. Somebody say amen. You see, God wants to speak to you today. And as God speaks to you, I want to encourage you to run to God. Don't run from him. That things will come up, opportunities will happen, and many times the enemy will try to confuse us and try to say, God doesn't love you anymore. You're not worthy. You're not good enough. You can't go. You, God can't, won't ever accept you. God won't ever have you. But no, God says, I'm com- I, I'm ho- come home. Run home to me and come give me a big hug. When I came home on the air, off the airport, Lexi was sitting and just waiting patiently in a nice chair. And when she saw her daddy, she just jumped up out of her chair and and ran as fast as she could, and I just had my arms wide open, and she ran and gave me a big old hug and a kiss right there. That's what God's like. We ought to be waiting and saying, and God's standing there with his arms wide open, and he's waiting on us to run back to him, not run from him. Don't try to hide something from God. God already knows everything that's going on in your life, but reveal it to him. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, God, if you'll play some prayer music, I want to challenge you with that today.